This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Rubin. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I am doing well. I uh, actually heard a rumor. You heard a rumor? I heard a rumor, and I'm going don't to repeat believe, it on the air. Don't believe stuff think, you hear. I think I should. There's a rumor on the street yeah. that um, you're writing a book. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, True? Well, yeah, this morning or yesterday, this I posted morning. on Facebook that wow. I was, well, you know, when you commit yourself to something in public, like a wedding vow or something yeah. in front of God and all these people, yeah. you're you're pretty committed. Yeah. So I thought I would just put it out there and commit to writing a book. So the public pressure, the peer pressure would actually make you yeah, do it. From all dozen, all do dozen of our listeners <laughs> forcing me into this. No, I don't you know. I don't know. Um, yeah. No, I wanted to... I've been thinking about writing a book on on photography for a little while. Cool. I don't really, I, I mean, on one hand, I don't really know what I would say. There's a bajillion books on photography. I right. sat on Amazon last night and looked through all the books just to see what they're covering. Mm -hmm. And there's pretty much everything you could possibly want to know. Why would I ever want to write another book? Uh, my, my usual feeling about writing a book is... If anyone else can possibly do it for me, if it could, if it exists already, <laughs> then I'm I'm off the hook. Well, I mean, the, writing books isn't easy. No, it's, it's, it's hard. A pain. It, it is, but it's it's a good way to organize your thoughts. Yeah. Um, you know, back in the '90s, I wrote these books on nonlinear editing, on mm -hmm. editing with a computer, editing movies. Did you also make a public pledge to? I did. Yourself well, into you know, this it was a trend. I, I don't know if this is worth telling. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll tell it tell anyway. It, tell um, it. I want to hear. <laughs> I I was sort of like an industry expert on doing mm -hmm. on film and computer stuff, and I went to the big trade show to sort of see what was going on, and it's it like a four day show in Vegas, mm -hmm. hundred thousand people, the NAB. And the first day of the show, I went there and I was just like asking around, do you think we need a book on this topic? And everyone was like, yes, oh my God, we need a book. <laughs> so the second day of the show, I walked around and I told everyone, oh yeah, I'm I'm writing a book on this topic. <laughs> just to sort of, again, sort of suss out what the, and everyone was like, that's a great idea. Oh my God, that'll be you perfect for this. Wait, go, go back a second. So these are like different people or these are the, the, the same Different people. people. Yeah, I'm okay. walking through a trade oh, show yeah. I like and, and like I'd talk to someone. And evolving. And I would say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm working on this book. And then the third day, now I'm sort of, I've been talking about it. I'm very excited about it. Mm -hmm. The third day of the show, I'm starting to get nervous that someone will scoop me. Someone else will write a book on yeah. this. So now I'm going into kind of a defensive posture. And so I'm telling people that I'm almost done with the book. <laughs> it's like, so what, what, Ruben, what are you up to? Well, I'm f finishing up a book on editing and it should be out very soon. Okay. And, uh, and when was this? What time of year was this? This was in April um, 1990, give or take. Okay. And, um, and yes, the book came out in October. Oh my God. <laughs> I just like cra I cranked it out. <laughs> so I do think that coming out publicly committing yourself to something, I think it's good to force yourself into that. 
Uh, so this is day one. You're writing a book. So tomorrow, yeah, it's day one. So are... tomorrow I'll work on the cover. Exactly. You know, and, <laughs> you're almost done. Uh, and I'm practically. Usually I'll <laughs> I'll print out the cover and put it on the wall, so I feel like the rest is just details. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's the cover. I know where I'm going. Yeah, that's that's it. That's <laughs> what it will be when it's done. And now I just put all the other stuff in between the front and the back page. And so I'm. So you design the cover first. Does the, does the design ever change as you sort of fill it out? Oh, I've never had the design last. (laughs) The design doesn't last, but it goes on the wall immediately. The titles usually don't even last. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, you come up with tricks to do stuff. Anyway, I'm trying to trick myself into doing this. And, you know, I might discover that the world doesn't need another photo book. But for me, it's pushing me to think about, like, why don't I think these other books are right? Or Mm -hmm. what what is the, the gap and 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 kind of the problem. It's the same as with our podcast, and maybe mm-hmm. a little bit with Neo Modern, which is the people who I feel like need the information the most, who would benefit from it, are not people who are looking for books on photography. They're mm-hmm. not looking for looking for podcasts on photography. It's just they have a camera, and so or an iPhone or an iPhone. Yeah. So what do I say? Like what what, what would you say to someone to get them to get a book? or listen to a podcast on a topic that they don't really think they have that much interest in. Was the ca- I mean was the catalyst for the book kind of this podcast or is the what what, what are you thinking for the the content? Well, I am th- my working title is Everyday Photography Every Day. <laughs> so so that's that's kind of the starting point. And I've looked through I've looked through our episodes and I'm and and our show notes. I like our show notes. I They're almost, so useful. More more than the podcast, I kind of enjoy making the show notes where I'm yeah. putting in sort of my pictures, your mm-hmm. pictures, the famous pictures from the collection. And I don't know that I can get away with it exactly in a book, but that's kind of where I'm going. Like, that's the that's model. Really awesome. Yeah. So we'll see. I'll you read know, it. To, you know, of course you'll read it. You're, <laughs> you're in it. You know, <laughs> I'll put you in the acknowledgments. You have to read it. Oh, that's true. That you did say, yeah, that's that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's that's happening. All right. Well, that's great. A great Christmas news. So Thank it'll you. be out by Christmas next year. Oh, totally. Put it on your Christmas <laughs> list for 2019. I will. I will. 2019. God, that's far. Will Dear people Santa. even read books? 2019? We'll be reading anyway, books in 2019. So what's on your mind? Anything <laughs> photographed? Have you been... You've been in town. I've been in town. Um, I am... Have you been in town? I have been in town. Okay. The whole... Wait, was that true? Yeah, the whole week. Oh, my goodness. I did have to think about that. <laughs> um, the uh, Yeah, we actually took a bunch of pictures this week. Um, I kind of took process pictures of what I've been working on and um, even just moments. We, we were at the office yesterday and we've been cranking on this deadline and um two of uh, two of the people there actually made this amazing lunch spread um lunch moment of gr- it was like fresh pasta with arugula and um, we have a really nice kitchen downstairs that is often for like catering or events but can you invite me to this yes yeah, sorry somewhere? like are you someplace that's <laughs> it was open sort of to... spontaneous and i'll I, invite you next time i would like that you know what i, I had but this... I took pictures oh wait that was the whole that's the story. point sorry. is the pictures <laughs> i just want to say i don't think i think people think People who listen to this would imagine we know each other because we sound like we know each other pretty well. Yeah. And I mean, we sort of do know yeah. each other. Yeah, but not that we know each other, but. But I don't think they realize that when we started doing this, we didn't really know each other and we only <laughs> see each other doing this. And it's, we seem like old friends. But I mean, we, we just, don't. we have that rapport. Right? But every and now that's... and then I forget, like, what do you do? Like, where, where do you go to work? Where, who are you again? Where do you disappear? <laughs> it's like you're um, gone and then you're back in my place. I know. I'm on... a senior uh, creative director that's so at cool. a experiential marketing agency. I am super passionate about it and I really, really love it. That's great. Well, that's why you're good at it and senior director and all that. I know. <laughs> 
One would hope, at yeah, least. One I think would it's hope. probably true. <laughs> I just basically have a really, really great team um, that, uh, that that puts great things together. It's... But it's also been really interesting, even though I do consider myself a creative person, um, how I've really been focusing on the photography since we've been doing this and getting better. Almost like your pledge to say, I'm going to write a book. Uh-huh. I had kind of done that when we started. Like, I'm going to take more photos. That's good. And, and you so, are taking more photos. Yes, that peer pressure, peer pressure and self-pressure, I guess, really does work. All right. I've been thinking, I've been trying to take more pictures with my iPhone. Mm-hmm. It's The DSLR is great to have. It's a mirrorless Fuji. It's what I shoot with, and mm-hmm. I like it very much. But it's true, you know, if you don't, I'm not um, thinking about stuff the way I am when I'm holding a smartphone and just always have a camera with me no matter what's going on. So I've been trying to take more pictures like that. I think the hardest thing, uh, I was out driving up in Marin and got to thinking about landscapes. Mm, okay. You know, and, you know, landscapes are hard on an iPhone. Like you could, the iPhone is, uh, and smartphones in general are so good at the sort of relatively sh- close and medium sorts of shots. Mm-hmm. Just uh, the nature of the lens and how close you stand to people and how big objects are on the screen. Right. But when you go take a landscape, I don't know, I, th- I think it's daunting because the subject matter can be so tiny. Like you, usually yeah. the thing that inspires you to take the picture is the grandeur of this vista of totally. some kind. Seeing it with your your kind of your full eye and it, it's almost like it just uh, it kind of it invades your peripheral vision. You know, it's just it's like it's so big. You're just you can't take it all in possibly. So, yeah, when you bring a tiny little <laughs> iPhone that is, I don't know, four by four by six to your vase, maybe not even not even you're like, oh, this feel yeah, good. and it feels kind of wimpy after that majestic moment on the mountaintop you've yeah. got this sort of wimpy thing and well, so a historic question what yeah. size i mean you think of like landscapes you think of like ansel adams but like he had a really big old-fashioned like a big he had an eight camera. by ten the negative was eight by ten wow so yeah, yeah it's a big old huge. negative yeah <laughs> and you could do a lot of careful printing work with a negative that size mm-hmm. i mean at first he was making contact prints meaning he took that negative and he put it on he sandwiched it on a piece of paper and turned on the light, basically. Yeah. And it makes uh, the crispest, perfect, you know, you, things get kind of fuzzy as the negative gets farther from the paper because right. there's a little bit of, you know, light physics things yeah. happening there. But if you do a contact, it's it's cr- as crisp as it can be. So you have an 8 by 10 negative with a contact print and you have a very, and, and you're already Ansel Adams, so yeah. the picture's already pretty good. <laughs> um, and we don't get that with our, our smartphones. Right. So I kind of went online to see, like, what kind of tips do pro landscape people give you when you're shooting with your smartphone? And, there's, you know... Don't. Don't. (laughs) There's not a a, a ton you can do. I mean, I have seen good landscapes. I think that uh, the tips involve things like making sure your lens is clean and stuff like that. But... And um, some of those rule of thirds conversations come up because mm-hmm. because you've got you tend to have a horizon line, mm-hmm. and so it, is the horizon line straight through the center of the frame, or are you going to put it near the top and have mm-hmm. a lot of foreground? Are you going to have it near the bottom with a lot of sky of some sort? Um, those are excellent questions. There's no rule about it. Mm-hmm. I think that it is a good idea to practice pushing pushing your horizon around and see how you feel because it does change the picture. The other thing is that sky can often get washed out. The exposures are so broad. You have mm-hmm. like bright light, you have dark shadows, and those are all things that are tricky just in, dig- in photography in general. Yeah. You know, so so what I would say is 
it's not going to come in your phone and look as great as it can be. But that doesn't mean it's not a great picture. Mm. And sometimes you need to take it into post-production, take it maybe even more than filters. You might want to make that blue sky look dark and turn it right. into black and white and, and pursue your inner Ansel Adams. <laughs> or, you know, you can keep it with uh, subdued, beautiful colors and, and take the saturations down. You might want it really strong colors. And, yeah. and, um, and there's a lot of photographers who do all these things. The problem is that you're looking at it on a small screen. Like a landscape just doesn't play well in Instagram or yeah. even in Facebook. Yeah, well, because you can't see everything that that one person was seeing from even the the real life setting to a, you know, iPhone screen size, four by six, to mm-hmm. then an Instagram square size. It's like <laughs> it just continues to get smaller. Uh-huh. Can I, can I ask you for yes. an assignment this week? Yeah, sure. So could you take a landscape photo with your... DSLR camera mm-hmm. and then take a photo like after you take that one with your iPhone so we would be able to like look at those sort of side by side mm-hmm. and then doing the post production like options so we can kind of see what that looks like sure that's a that's a cool idea um I'm thinking about it the iPhone has this sort of fixed lens which is um like I said nice for kind of close-ups right when I'm shooting with the DSLR it's not the resolution it's the lens you know, I'm, I have a, a slightly more zoomed in lens, which gets me a little closer to something out there in the mm. distance. And sometimes that can help. Do you ever use like lenses on iPhones? You know, I've, uh, my kids gave me some lenses a few years back, which yeah. I like. And I, but the problem for me is that the whole point of the, the beauty of the iPhone is that I've always got it with me, no yeah. matter what's going on. And to suddenly now have um, a lens kit in my bag that I can slip on there. Or and it's sort of the same as a tripod and, mm-hmm. and other things. It doesn't mean those are not excellent gear options, but once I'm going to carry stuff around, I'm going to carry my DSLR. Um, Fair point. Uh, it, it's hard. Unless you're traveling in a backpack through. Yeah, you know, if you're traveling Asia. in a backpack, I, I think I would not use. I don't know. I've seen good work done with them. Yeah. You know, and there's some great. There's some great ones. They make them very easy. You can slide them right onto your camera and yeah. take the picture. And and it is. I mean, it it works. Yeah. Mm. So let me think, what are the issues with um, landscapes? You've got resolution stuff and sharpness. Mm-hmm. If things get fuzzy, they it, like it kills the, the landscape picture. Mm-hmm. It, it, it Usually. I mean, I've seen kind of moody, pictorial sort of landscapes, but I think the sharpness is important. You can't do much about the distance. That's the whole nature of a landscape. Mm-hmm. The zoom lens will get you closer if you have that kind of camera. Um, use your feet. Or use a digital zoom. Well, use your feet. The subject of a landscape, almost by definition, is something way, way the hell out there. <laughs> True. You know, and you don't get the benefit of parallax, right? You don't get the benefit of moving around a little bit to improve it because everything's so, so far away. And so big. And so big. If I move 10 feet to my left, it looks it's the same picture. Mm-hmm. In fact, everyone standing on this cliff is going to see pretty much the same picture. Um, one good tip that you can get is to try to find something in the foreground mm-hmm. that's unique, a, a tree branch or rocks or or somebody, mm-hmm. and and you combine those. So you, the, your picture is a foreground picture with this background of this beautiful landscape. Um, so that's, you know, there are ways, there, there are tricks to make them nicer. I think a lot of people do panos. I do panos. Do you? I do, cause I, or video. But yeah, I, I like taking the panos. It's harder to look at them. Um, on your <laughs> well, it's harder to like, you know, if you share it with someone on an iPhone or whatever, you only you kind of get it and it takes up the, the full screen size, but then you have to like zoom in and then like inch your way across it, which isn't as nice. And you were and saying they're harder to print. 
Well, you know, at Neo Modern, sometimes people come in with pano pictures that yeah. are, they look beautiful technically. Yeah. But they're like, hey, can you print this? It's four feet long and one inch high. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really cool print, though. <laughs> it's a long, we can do it. We cut custom mats. Yeah. It's got to fit in the frame. It's a yeah. little little strange. Um, or they want to make it bigger, you know, yeah. to make it vertically larger and that makes it wider. Mm-hmm. Or they could find a piece of it and not do the whole pano. Right. <laughs> Panos are tricky. You know, it's a strange format. And we talk often about you want to see the picture on your... You want to shoot it and judge it in the same format that it's going to be experienced by the end user. Panoramic shots are are kind of tricky like that. I I would say from a post-production standpoint, you almost always need to bring up the blacks a little bit and take down the highlights down a little bit. For a landscape, particularly with um, sky. Mm -hmm. The sky is just going to get blown out in almost any picture. And so if you can take the highlights down and you just need to be careful you're not cranking. That's sort of an HDR thing where you've got the exposure different in the lows and the highs. Mm -hmm. And it can be done in – you can do it a little bit or you can do it a ton. Uh, So that works. What else? And the, the the problem, I think, in general with landscapes and what makes them so hard to do yeah. is that they almost feel like they have no energy. There's no, nothing dynamic. It's a static. It's like a still life of a mountain or a tree or whatever. And you remember how you felt when you stood there. But someone looking at this little picture of that mountain way in the distance feels flat and boring. Yeah. And... I think that the challenge, Ansel Adams used to say that, n- not to me, mm-hmm. but you know, he, in his writings, he would say that landscapes are the hardest thing to shoot. Um, and if you try shooting some, you, you recognize that how many p- other people's landscapes can you look at that you just want to fall into? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's something to be careful, something to work on as you're doing your landscapes. Cool. Um, I like, I try to get my horizon lines to be straight. But I've seen cool landscapes where the horizons are not straight, where there there's some cattywampus nature to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's cattywampus again. Yeah. Well, how did we use that the other day? Um, I, you were describing something that I was taking on. I forgot. <laughs> but it just it made me laugh. It is well. The, anyway, so you got this sort of Dutch angle of yeah. your uh, of your horizon line, and then just like empty skies can be kind of boring, even though it's a strong blue sky. When you see it on a picture, it's just this like blue nothing. Right. So if you can get cumulus clouds or wispy clouds mm-hmm. um, even in black and white you'll the, still see the texture you will because you'll have the clouds you'll actually see more you can raise the contrast a little bit you could make the blues dark and the mm-hmm. clouds white and suddenly where it was like white on light blue suddenly it's white on black yeah. almost and it's whoa that's way more uh, yeah. impactful yeah so, yeah, I, I would play around with that. I'll try this test, though. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good idea. I just kind of thought idea. of that, and I'm, you know, not to yeah. give you holiday homework, but... Uh... No, I'll take the homework. I'm not really doing anything. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll work. I'll, I'll take on the assignment. I, well, I can't wait. You're working in your book, though, so... I remember. am. Well, I'll juggle between book work and, <laughs> and taking some pictures. All right. Well, our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco. Please go to neomodern.com slash podcast to get show notes, see photos, and post comments. Leave reviews and ratings on iTunes or wherever you listen, and don't forget to subscribe. Yeah, we get new listeners from you guys telling your friends and spreading the word, particularly over the holidays where you're all getting together. Tell them about the podcast. With long car trips. You should get multiple episodes Download them all in advance. (laughs) Thank you to Mitchell Foreman for our theme music and all of you for hanging out with us. We appreciate your attention and hope we've given you some things to think about. Until next time.